Welcome to the Virulent News Toxic Habits and Attitudes Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Bibbs. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you've tuned in before, welcome back. In this podcast, we examine all the things that we allow to interfere with our pursuit of our dreams and the indulgence in our passions. Procrastination, fear of trying something new, the belief that we may not be good enough, ridicule from our family, friends, and even strangers, and all the other toxic habits and attitudes that get in our way. And we all have things that we must do on a day-to-day basis, but we often forget that we can make room in our lives for the things that we enjoy. Your life is more than just a collection of your responsibilities, and in this podcast, we strive to remind you of that. Joining us today is the founder and administrator of the Motown Writers and Michigan Literary Network, a group that offers support, advice, and information about the various events and resources for aspiring writers in Michigan. I have to admit to you listeners that uh, having this woman as my guest is a little intimidating because with the exception of my wife, she is the single most powerful source of encouragement and support in my literary journey. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the great and gracious Sylvia Hubbard. Hello, Sylvia. Thank you. <laughs> that was sweet. It's also true. And I'm, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm really happy that you agreed to, uh, to be my guest today. It means a lot to me that you were, that you were willing to do this. Aw, I'd do anything. Well, almost anything. <laughs> yeah, let's be, let's be careful. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, tell me, how are you doing? I'm great. Uh, you know, living La Vida Loca and all that crap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just taking one breath at a time and going from day to day. So, yeah, I'm good. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you being here. Now, for the for the listeners... As I said, the uh, the Motown Writers and Michigan Michigan Literary Network. Um, it is a group that uh, that we join. Uh, we aspiring writers, and within this group, uh, with Sylvia as the lead, we find out about all the things that are going on in uh, in Michigan for writers. All of the resources, like uh, various software, uh, various programs, anything that can help. Uh, writers to advance their career. But along with that is just the encouragement and support that we sometimes need to get started. And once, even once we're started to continue to, uh, to not just lay off once we've taken those first few steps. So uh, Sylvia, I'm going to ask you to uh, talk a little bit about how you decided to start this, uh, this group, how that came about? Well, it was uh, weird because I had, it was kind of like a selfish endeavor. I usually just had to pepper it with self-love where uh, I couldn't afford to buy the different programs and things that, that published authors at the time wanted you to buy in order to get the knowledge it takes to get out there and market your book. And back when I came out, it was just like 2000, self-publishing was new to everybody. 
Um, but every everybody had a piece of the puzzle. Nobody knew everything. Everyone had like little pieces of, of how to be successful here, how to be successful there. And I I wanted to try to put this whole puzzle together for me because I had just recently self-published a book. So I kind of like uh, tricked authors into giving me the information <laughs> by doing interviews with them. And I was a journalist. I'd been a, you know, editor of my high school and college newspaper. And I actually was going to study journalism. So I was like, you know, I can just go in and, you know, authors will say anything in an interview. They, they love giving all the information and all the deets because they just love being interviewed. So I was like, okay, yeah, let me get that information. And to justify all of this, I would put it up on this, you know, little free website I had built. And I even had like a, a little, you know, join, join for free. And it would be to my subscription list and stuff. I go home and I look and it's like 75 people have signed up to this newsletter um, and they get it religiously. They're clicking on the things and everything. And I was, I was astounded. Like I was making, you know, my selfishness had made an impact on other people and it just grew from there. Like I just kept sending out this information and growing and then, in 2004, we started meeting face to face, and since then, we've always like, you know, done this. And no matter how many books I come out with, I I love doing this because it helps me grow as an author mm-hmm. to to go through the struggle and then see other people struggle and help them out as well. Wow, that, that's quite the story. And I and I have to tell you something, and I will kind of remind the listeners who who have uh, been with me since uh, last season periodically they will hear me refer to uh, to you as the great and gracious Sylvia Hubbard that's you know that's just how I refer to you here and I want to I want you to know this Uh, the reason for that is I'm sure you saw the movie Malcolm X and Denzel uh, and as Malcolm explained that whenever he referred to Elijah Muhammad, he referred to him as the honorable Elijah Muhammad when people thought that he was trying to separate himself or supplant Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And he always referred to him as the honorable. That was just part of his name as far as he's concerned. Given the effort that you put in to making sure that everyone has the information that they need or could ever want in terms of writing, uh, letting them know about uh, events that are taking place in the area, letting them know about software that could help them uh, with writing, giving them information about uh, uh, copyright and uh, about doing book talks or attending book talks or whatever. This is, you're very much that uh, and this is going to gush a little bit, so just sit there and take it. You're very much that literary beacon for a lot of us. So when I refer to you, I always refer to you here as the great and gracious Sylvia Hubbard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, just, that's just kind of my way of acknowledging you as my mentor. And you're one of the very few people for whom uh, my wife, the warden, 
doesn't mind me taking a little time. So when when we uh when we have our monthly meetings and I say, Okay, it's Sylvia Day, she's like, Fine, go. No problem. Anybody else is gonna get chewed on a little bit, but with you it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So I just wanted to let you know about, you know, how how, you know, in the Bibbs household you you have a you have a place of of honor. So you have a, a new book, I believe, that's uh, either yeah. just came out or is about to. Well, both. <laughs> both? Both. All right. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i let you explain that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I, I came out with a book, uh, and it's kind of like still new because we're actually going into paperback with it, you know, in, in the winter months. So it's called She Works Hard for the Money. Um, and that's kind of like my bully romance. And then now I'm in sep- in November, November 1st, I am publishing uh, my Christian inspirational romance, which I know is kind of weird to jump from bully ro- dark bully romance to Christian inspiration. Mm. <laughs> but I'm coming out with my new book, November 1st, Eve's Deception. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, you know me, I can't stop, stop not publishing because even in between that I finished up the, a Kindle Vela Delilah's Desire and that was a sensual dark romance high suspense so that was yeah so this year I've published pretty much about four books okay I'm at, I'm at my fifth one now and that will bring your total to um it would bring my total to uh if I finish this before the end of the year it will bring my total to 60 60 books Ooh. Public. So, all right. You have a, and this is the first time I've ever heard this term, bully romance? Yeah, it's kind of like he's a, he's mean with no redeeming qualities. And even through the book, you know, most times people make him mean. And then, you know, as he falls in love, he gets like softer. But no, mine don't. <laughs> He loves her, and he, you know, he loves her with all his heart, but he has no redeeming qualities at all. He's still a bully. She just knows how to handle him better. Oh, okay. I got tired of reading where, you know, they become, you know, they're all doing like sweetheart, and oh, I love you, and yeah, no, they don't act like that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they don't get better because they fall in love. But if that's the way they are, that's the way they are. And I, I know a lot of guys who are like that. And women will say, oh, I can't stand him. But that's the way he is. He just doesn't want to change. But he is a great person on the inside. Wow. Roughneck <laughs> romance. The onions. Right. You just got to peel back the onions. Mm-hmm. Get to the, the middle. You cry a lot. But but it's, it's, it's a nice center. It's a nice nice wonderful center okay that's what it is so you have that and you have what you call christian romance right so this is a christian fictional and it's it's more Mm faith-based i guess i should call it more faith-based inspirational because i don't go go into the bible or go into the the religious part of of the church it's more of a faith-based inspirational romance where um faith and love wins out at in the end you know 
no no kind of like the no weapon formed against you will prosper uh-huh. and and so i wanted to i had the story in my head for a very long time i mean this story has been like sitting in my heart for like a long time and i was kind of like oh i don't know if people will like it but then I started to really love the story as I as I jumped back into it because I started it and then I started it back maybe in 2013 and that's like through the worst year of my life. And then I had to stop it because it got too hard to like really finish it. And then I decided to pick it back up now and finish it off. And as I got into it and I've grown so much as a writer from when I even initially thought of this idea, mm-hmm. it it grew into this beautiful kind of story where I was able to bring it to life in the way I really wanted to bring it to life and be able to grow into even more books after that. Mm-hmm. And this came during what you just said was one of the worst periods of your life. Yeah, I just decided to start writing it and... And I really wanted to, I was like, you know what, during this time, and I really wanted to talk about, like, the testament I was going through, uh, as, as struggling through your my faith and, and everybody seeing, seeing faith in work. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to do that. But as an erotic romance author, it's kind of hard because <laughs> <laughs> they think you're evil or some demonic spirit because you write erotic romance (laughs) but I kind of wanted people to see faith in action because a lot of people don't have that hope anymore in the world that faith does work you know it's sometimes it's just the size of the mustard seed and in this case in this book it, it was just one man he despite everything that was going on in his church he believed that that you know no weapon formed against them no matter what you do and and the main character was the one trying to bring the church down mm-hmm. and i mean he gave her keys to the castle he was like i don't here's the plans here's what people are doing this is where you can try to you know bring us down but he believed in in his church so much that he knew that no matter what she tried she could not bring them down and she tried a lot of stuff mm. um, but in that time she was learning that faith that that is that it's a greater love than than anything and she had to learn that um that even if the world lets you down there's still that one one thing that one entity that is there for you mm-hmm. so it was it was really cool to be able to bring this story to life and I've always been, when growing up, of course, living in the church. So I always really wanted to do a kind of church book. Mm-hmm. So this was a fun thing. Now, we've uh, we've heard about the bully romance and we've heard about the Christian romance. And you said there was a third one that you were working on. Right. I had finished up A Delilah's Desire and... I, this is even worse than the bully romance. <laughs> okay, I can't wait to hear about that one. So Delilah's Desire was about a woman who actually falls in love with her fiancé's father. Ooh. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and it ensues into a whole big thing of 
um, voyeurism, um, May-December romance, um, forbidden love. But since I'm, I'm the daughter of a scientist, I incorporated um, not sci-fi elements, mm-hmm. but I actually researched how when people get struck by lightning, what happens to their body. But I also wanted to incorporate um, electro play into the elements of my book. Wait a minute. You're introducing electricity into the body. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. People use it to stimulate themselves. Uh-huh. So I wanted to introduce that into the book. And the guy, she, the, the father, he was an electrician. <laughs> Which worked out perfectly for her. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this, it, it was like this big thing. And I mean, and then on top of that, she, you know, some, yeah, it got into a huge suspense plot as well. And it was fun. I even had auctions, <laughs> incorporated an auction, a picnic, and, um, yeah, it oh. was really fun. <laughs> Electro. Well, that's simply shocking. <laughs> okay, look, I, I, yeah, I know, I know. I couldn't resist. I tried hard. I really did. I tried hard not to say it, but I, I just had to do it. Is there any chance that we could maybe uh, convince you to share an excerpt from from one of your books? I can. Um, I can. Uh, go with Eve's deception. Okay. Okay, so um, this is near the beginning of the book. In the this is the second prologue. Um, no, the first prologue. Um, is this the Christian one? This is the Christian one. So okay. It's the safe one. It's the safe one. <laughs> okay. I guess. I re- I had to find a safe part. I was like, okay, the the first part is the part. Look through it, but it's a safe one, I think. Oh, okay. So uh, this is uh, Evie, and initially where she was trying to get money to be out on the street. Her circumstances, due to the church and how her family had been treated in the past, have put her in this predicament, and she's kind of bitter about it. So tonight, she was on the corner to get more money. This time, it was to get some food. $10 was eaten up and spent on the necessities. Unlike other prostitutes milling about the block apart under the streetlight, Evie had dressed for warmth. It was October, and she didn't care that she was probably missing good opportunities not being dressed like a skank. Instead, she wore leather black waist jacket and a gray jogging sweater, a black leather skirt with thick gray stockings and some black warm leg warmers, and her regular black thigh-high boots. Now she needed another hundred to get her through the week. Only five minutes passed before a brand-new silver BMW pulled up with dark tinted windows. Evie didn't move from her post until she saw the passenger window crack only a little and a $20 bill slithered out. The 20 quickly snatched back inside when she walked up to the car. Evie sucked on her teeth in annoyance. After about 10 seconds, someone muffled from inside, Are you Enid? Evie didn't care what people called her. If it concerned getting some money tonight to help her with her situation, she would be anything, she would 
be anything to anyone anyone wanted. Although Evie was familiar with who Enid was, the skink was a voluptuous young prostitute with a hard addiction to smoking two corners over who even Evie heard was touted to have the best hand job in Detroit. Evie had taken some lessons from Enid a summer ago for two packs of cigarettes, but Evie wasn't a referral service, so she couldn't fake it until she made it. This hoity woman was going to ask for her ID. Right now, Evie was determined to lie and get money from whoever was behind the car's dark window. I could be, she said with incredible arrogance. Who's buying? How much for five minutes? She didn't know what they could do in five minutes or what this John wanted her to do, but she tossed out her usual fee. Twenty. After another ten-second wait, the rear door opened in a suggestive motion for her to sit inside. Rarely Evie got in and closed the door. A twenty was jammed in her hand as her eyes adjusted to the darkness in the car. Even though the lights were low, she could tell this was a woman, and her directive changed. I don't do women, she immediately said. You must. I'm not here for that, the woman said disgustedly. It wasn't uncommon for a woman to be a pimp or a john. Evie heard they were more mean, controlling, and greedy than men. Maybe lying about her identity hadn't been her best idea. The light came on in the back of the car, and Evie got a chance to look at the woman. She was in her mid-thirties, well-dressed, and by the expensive jewelry and clothes, she was well taken care of. Looking like she had just come out of a salon, she was a very nice-looking black woman that didn't seem to look as if she could be so evil. Just as Evie was looking her over, the woman was doing the same to Evie. I don't want a pimp either, Evie said, grabbing the door handle. The locks on the doors were activated. I don't want that either, the woman said again in disgust. I want you to work for me. I want you to, to seduce a man who has stolen my husband's job. Mm. And that's the scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Curbside recruitment. Curbside I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Listen, um, we're coming pretty much to the end of the uh, of the time that we have available so in in the little bit of time that we have left uh, i want to do two things one i want to uh i want to encourage everyone to pick up uh not only uh the book you were just reading from eve's deception <laughs> but also the the other two books that you were mentioning could you give the titles please um it's she works hard for the money and then there's Delilah's Desire. All right. Delilah's Desire comes out later on this year. Is that correct? Well, it's right now it's as a Kindle Vela. And oh, okay. Hopefully by the end of this year, we'll have it as an ebook and on Kindle Unlimited. And actually, uh, people who appear in Eve's Deception do appear in Delilah's Desire as well. Okay. So in so all of this. Companionship novels. Okay, so all of this is available on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's available on Amazon, or you can check out my website at sylviahubbert.com slash book. All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, if, if nothing else, go to Amazon and just uh, look up Sylvia Hubbard. Click on the author page and, and like it, subscribe to it, follow it, and go crazy. Get, get out the credit card and pick up the books, and there are... Uh, at least 55 right now that I'm aware of uh, up to 60 later on in the year. 
So uh, go ahead and, and start buying these books. You will enjoy them. You heard it here first. Uh, the other thing is, that I want to mention is uh, very quickly, I saw that uh, there is a Habitat for Humanity event uh, that you're in, in which you're taking part and that you are representing Habitat for Humanity as a vice president. Yes, I was vice president of Habitat of Humanity in Detroit. And um, last night, we actually got affiliate of the year by the Michigan Habitat for Humanity. So that was a great honor because we've come a long way to make affordable housing in Detroit. I'm an advocate, as you can see, for homelessness. And I talk about it a lot of it in my book and how, you know, women have gotten out of that. And that's because I've gone through it. So it's near and dear, close to my heart. And, you know, I always tell uh, writers and authors who are trying to promote, you know, community before book selling, because you meet some really interesting people. And knowing that you have a cause and that you are a person, you know, you do live life. It's so important. So I want it to be a part of, you know, doing something for the community. But when they, you know, wanted me to be uh, vice president, I, you know, didn't even hesitate and took it and you know i love it i love being part of something that's really awesome my god woman that is amazing <laughs> what is the event last night it was uh it it was a part of uh recognizing uh different habitats from around michigan i believe they have you know i think well they have organizations all over the world different affiliates all over the world and Michigan uh, Habitat, the main Michigan state and habitat, was honoring the ones in Michigan who had made a difference in our communities. And we have grown so much over the years in Detroit. And as the need really, really grows now, we are seeing that our our efforts and work behind the scenes are now going to pay off in uh, providing even more affordable housing. Okay. for people and I just like I said I just love doing the work of making this possible and you know incorporating these stories that I hear you know and even my own experiences of being homeless or just trying to afford you know everyday lifestyle and you know these are the characters I write about of mm -hmm. people who do want these houses and do need a safe place to sleep or stay or, or just be able to close their eyes at night I think the stress of life gets us and as it grows, and I know it's going to grow, you know, as the cost of living do go up, um, I want to be a part of the solution. And, you know, I want to be an asset to, to humanity instead of just a liability. So I, you know, this is why I do the things that I do. So, yes. And then we are going to have another major event. And anybody can go online and apply. People think you have to be, you know, dead, almost dead and broke in order to apply for a house. But you just have to have a need, which is if you rent, that is a need for a house. So anybody, you can, you know, have, you know, just make, you know, a nice figure and have a decent uh, credit score. Go and apply. They do support it. I was a single mom with three kids and just, you know, trying to make a living and I was able to apply and get a loan for a home because they help back that. They help you get a house and keep a house. So wow. I encourage people to go in there and do it.
I love, I love their programs. And I think, you know, we, as, as people who need affordable housing, um, so many of us, uh, just should just go look in to see. And even if you do have a house and you want to contribute back, you can always donate, uh, your time to help Habitat build these houses and then even donate your time, your hours that you have worked with Habitat to a needy person who needs those hours. They call them sweat equity in order to do that. It was wonderful because when I was getting my house, uh, my friends came out and did sweat equity for me, um, knowing that I was such a busy woman and donated so much to Habitat that, you know, it kind of, I had to give it away to other people. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> and I appreciate everyone, you know, for coming out and helping me. And I would like, like I said, want to just help other people. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Definitely. Definitely. I, I understand. And um, at some point, I would like to have you back on uh, this so that you could talk about uh, some of the things that you that you did go through uh, that which you don't mind sharing uh, that led oh, to awesome. your led to your interest uh, in Habitat for Humanity. But also uh, got to hear a little bit more about some of these uh, the other stories that you wrote. Uh, really, I enjoyed Eve's deception, but right. I want we want to hear a little bit more about some of those other ones because I I tell you I have never heard of bully romance before. I'm dying to see how that works. It's complicated. I yes. I can I could well imagine. I could I well imagine. Apologize to people when they read it. I like I'm sorry. <laughs> We're big. Oh, we can take it. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Now we got to read it. So, uh, again, everyone go to uh, to Amazon, look up Sylvia Hubbard, and there's a healthy collection of, of books uh, to look through. But be sure, uh, before you go into any of the rest, and that's perfectly fine that you do, uh, look for Eve's Deception. She works hard for the money and Delilah's Desire. Sylvia the great and gracious Sylvia Hubbard. I want to thank you for, uh, for coming on the show and for, uh, for sharing some of your, uh, your insights and, and stories with us. I uh, really appreciate you being here again. I am going to ask you to come back and I hope that, uh, that we'll be able to, to get you on, uh, because I do know how, uh, how busy you are, oh, yeah. but, uh, I'll be here for you. I, you always have been, and I appreciate that in you. So, uh, again, thank you very much, uh, for those of you listening and there's so much more to the whole Sylvia story. Uh, best thing to do, probably go to, uh, sylviahubbard.com and, uh, just, just to kind of see what it is that, uh, that this woman does for, uh, the people that have joined her group uh, for those of us who see her as a mentor and as an example, this, this woman truly is an example of not letting things stop you from doing what you want or what you need to do. Uh, she, as you've probably heard, uh, she finds a way regardless. And she's, uh, 
I'll let her go into the details of it on on her uh, her next visit to the show. But she's uh, had to find her way through some pretty serious things, and she did it. And she is one of the most uh, generous people in terms of her time and of her her knowledge uh, when it comes to these things. So, uh, again, thank you, Sylvia. And uh, I'll be talking to you uh, later on. But thank you for coming on and, and sharing with uh, with us today. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll be back. Are you enjoying the Virulent News Toxic Habits and Attitudes podcast with Wayne Bibbs? Have you given more thought to your own experiences and not following your dreams? Who and what you let stand in your way and what you can do to rid yourself of that toxic behavior? Now you can support Wayne's efforts to create more free content to reach more people. Please consider a monthly donation in support of the podcast so that we can continue to offer you stories from Wayne and his guests to encourage you to embrace and follow your dreams, as long as those dreams don't involve any sort of harm to yourself or anyone else. You can subscribe to the podcast on several platforms. And you can follow The Virulent News on Twitter, now X, and Instagram. The Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. We thank you for your support. That's going to do it for this episode of The Virulent News. Join us next week when our special guest will be Mr. Demetrius Taylor. He's an actor, a singer, uh, formerly from the Detroit area, uh, now living uh, down in the Atlanta area of Georgia, uh, who will share with us uh, some of the details and stories of his latest exploits. And trust me, you're going to want to hear this. So uh, join us then. Uh, Once again, this is the Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I am your host, Wayne Bibbs. I look forward to getting together with you next week. Until then, take care.